What's up, everyone? Welcome to Podcast Monsters, your best source for all things past, present, and future in the world of Pokemon. We've got some really huge, shiny-related news for both the TCG and Pokemon Go, as well as some really fun merch drops, and even some official ASMR from Nintendo themselves. I'm your host, Shinja. With me, I'm joined by the one and only Trainer Dunks. Hey there. And the one and only Bruise and Pikachus. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, so how are you guys doing this week? I'm really good. Doing well. I'm so excited that we're here. <laughs> Episode two. Can't believe yeah. it. Woo. I'm uh, s- still trying to recover from the uh, level 50 grinds uh, in Pogo, because that <laughs> drops this this drop that last week, so... Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been a long week. Yeah, surely has. <laughs> but we, we got some incredible support on our first episode. So just first off, just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who tuned in. You know, we already have gotten so much great comments and feedback. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yeah, it's been totally overwhelming. The amount of just messages I've gotten from different people in the community. The support's been super, super cool. Thank you so much, everyone. Yeah, overwhelming in like the best way possible. <laughs> And I want to give you, Shinja, a special shout out on that edit. It honestly, it's a, it's a, an amazing, amazing example of uh, some fine editing podcast skills there. Great job. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, I'm blushing a little over here. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let's go ahead and jump right on into the news. First off, we've got the new English February set in the TCG, officially announced. It's called, drum roll, please. I don't know how to give you a drum roll. There we go, there we go. <laughs> Shining Fates. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-da, yeah. Woo. Shining Fates. <laughs> so this is, this is the set that's going to be coming out, um, you know, for the 25th anniversary, or at least around that time. More on that later. And of course, is based off of the Japanese Shiny Star V set. So, uh, similar to kind of all of the other holiday sets, they're not going to be sold in separate booster packs or any booster boxes, but as special products. So, we've got the Elite Trainer Box featuring a Gigantamax Eevee, which looks super, super cute. That will be available February 19th, 2021, retailing for about $50. And similar to the Champion's Path ETB, it will come with 10 booster packs and a special promo of the Eevee VMAX card and, you know, all the other typical accessories that we normally get. And then... Also coming out that same day, we've got some Shining Fates tins, which will come with six booster packs. And then we've got an Eldegoss V10, a Boltund V10, and a Cramorant V10. And of course, the tins are shiny and it's, you know, they look really, really cool. And we also have pin collections coming out also February 19th. And these will only come with three booster packs. And then the promos will be Bunnelby, Dedenny, Galarian Mr. Rhyme, and Poltegeist. And then we've got the next wave of products not coming out until March 5th. We've got mini tins, which are kind of like those corresponding mini tins that we've been getting every once in a while where they all kind of fit to match one photo and they're they're really cute. And we've got a Reshiram, Celebi, Kyogre, Manaphy, and Zerud mini tin. And then we have premium collections, which will come with seven booster packs and a foil promo of Shiny Crobat V or Shiny Dragapult V. And 
you can also get a jumbo promo with either the crobat v max or the dragapult v max so quite a lot quite a lot going on with shining fates shining fates yeah. <laughs> what a name it's it, it's it's like the unabashed fusion of shining legends and hidden fates they're like you know both of those sets sold really well so let's just like smush them into one and <laughs> you know they're seeing dollar signs and and rightly so because people love their shiny pokemon yeah it's like the third sibling who's the youngest and really wants to be like their older siblings and just wants to fit in so they do their best and shining fates yay i honestly could have never guessed <laughs> that this was going to be the name of this set. Obviously, we all knew this set was coming. Right. A lot of people think this is going to be our 25th anniversary celebration set. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that today on whether or not that's true. But I've been a little surprised, honestly, by the reaction of the community. And I'm not going to say that I know everything that's going on. But there's been a lot of mixed opinions, especially about the name and especially about the feeling of that this is a cash grab. You know, in terms of the naming and how that affects popularity of the set, I personally don't know if it's that big of a deal. Could it have been more creative? Could they have done something more creative with it? Sure. I mean, I think we always want new things and exciting things. But if something works, why not, right? And it's not like Pokemon set names have ever necessarily made the most sense. I don't think I've ever <laughs> read a Pokemon set name and been like, yeah, totally perfect. I mean, some of them do, right? Vivid Voltage being Pikachu, sure. But what is Vivid Voltage? Like, how does that relate to anything? I don't know. I personally, I just don't think it like necessarily matters. Um, yeah, and we've got, you know, things like oxymorons like darkness ablaze like you know pick one is it dark or <laughs> is it on fire it's a, it's a great yeah, point no. it's it's funny because set like vivid voltage i think has been a much bigger hit this year than darkness ablaze was and uh, english sets do tend to have like definitely more intense badass sounding names you know darkness ablaze sounds ridiculous or cosmic eclipse sounds like you know you're some sort of pokemon god uh, and you go over to the 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 Japanese sets, you know, and it sounds pretty cutesy. And I think there might be a lot lost in translation. Oh, I've always thought about that too. Yeah. Like what is it actually like Dream League, I think is what we call the Japanese version of Cosmic or one yeah. piece of it. Mm -hmm. But like, what mm -hmm. is it actually? What are the words actually in Japanese? I wonder if it's, if it translates directly sometimes too. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think we, we all knew this was coming in. The set is going to be the set that we're all loving right now. It's Shiny Star V. Uh, so I feel like we should be kind of, you know, excited that it's coming to English. I mean, I just think it's, it's a lot of hoopla over nothing because it kind of was just expected. No, I definitely agree. Like, you know, Shining Fates is a very underwhelming name. And I don't I don't hear anyone arguing against that. I haven't heard a single person in the community who's like, yo, Shining Fates is a fantastic name. Like, major props to Nintendo for coming up with that. Like, no. We all agree it's not a great name. But, I mean, the product and the set itself is still based off of Shiny Star V, which everyone is just adoring right now. So, I'm a little surprised there's not more hype around this. I wasn't expecting it to not be like a typical set where you could get just booster boxes and stuff and actual booster packs. So I'm kind of bummed about that because these sets are always, in my opinion, a lot harder to get your hands on, which is also something we kind of expected from this set anyway because of all of the hype surrounding the Japanese set. Of course, the English set is also going to be equally, if not more crazy, but... I don't know. I think yeah. especially also since you're going to be getting so many promos from all of the special collections 
it's kind of like you're getting all these shinies that are going to be guaranteed and not part of the actual set, which is kind of nice in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, I, I go back and forth on that. I kind of wish in English that we got more unique promos versus cards from the set as promos. I don't know exactly why when they translate the sets from the Japanese side to the English sets, why that happens. But I do kind of wish, actually, I feel a little opposite. I wish they would do something more unique for these collections and and not do set cards. That was one thing that I thought was kind of weird with uh, Hidden Fates. This is going to be so hard to talk about these sets. <laughs> Hidden Fates, um, when they did the Rayquaza with the gold cards in that like ultra premium box, mm-hmm. like it would have been cool to pull Rayquaza. That's like one of the best cards of Hidden Fates, in my opinion. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of feel like they're, we're losing a little bit of the fun of pulling Ray Chase cards when you get them as promos. But... Uh, ultimately, the set looks great. I, I'm excited. I mean, the cards look good. And it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I mean, everyone's gonna go super crazy. You know, the scalper community, I'm sure, is already getting excited about this. Uh, so there's gonna be a lot of action, and that will be interesting to see how uh, how things go. And if Pokemon actually really does improve, you know, how much they put out there and can hopefully meet the demand this time, we'll see what happens. Right. Right. I mean, I'm already seeing people start to put up pre-orders and stuff without. You know, it, I think it's impossible for distributors to have their allocated numbers yet, but people are already like, all right, like, you know, I just want to get, like, a gauge of interest, so I'm going to start taking pre-orders on, on this set, and, you know, the retail for the ETP is going to be forty nine ninety nine, but I'm seeing the market value is already at around 100 so I'm going to charge $100. Like, I'm already seeing that right now, and I'm just floored by that. I, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also kind of wonder, like, when are we going to start seeing a little bit of potential fatigue? Right. I think as we're heading into this year, we're all really excited and the growth this year has been amazing. But, you know, with getting four sets a year plus a holiday set, plus if you're also into collecting Japanese versions and Japanese sets and the different things that are coming out there, you know, I could definitely see a a little bit of fatigue setting in. And now if you have to work that much harder to pay extra to get it from a reseller, yeah, it definitely starts to feel it it can start to feel a little bit just heavy. But we'll we'll see. I think this set's going to do great personally. I'm excited for the set itself. I had a lot of fun opening Shining Star V, and I was looking forward to the English release. I'm a little worried it's going to go the same way as Champion's Path, where, you know, if I find an actual product in a store that I can buy for MSRP, I might as well buy a lottery ticket that same day because, <laughs> you know, something truly special is happening right there. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that, like, the distribution is going to be a little smoother that retailers are going to stop people from buying out their entire stock, you know, with just one person. I'm a little wary. You know, I'm excited for the set itself, but the current environment is a little crazy right now. So uh, I'm a little reservedly optimistic, I guess. Yeah, it's a really good point. I didn't even think about the the limits, but I did see some targets doing that with Champions Path at one point. I wonder if they could mandate that. I don't know how that works, but I think it would be great to see some product limits put on purchasing purchase limits i should say i put on certain products um that's a really good point we'll see what happens with that yeah i actually have started to see see online some stores are beginning to do that product limit but definitely not in my area and not you know countrywide yet but it seems like more stores and retailers are kind of catching on to you know these scalpers and hopefully we'll be a little bit more proactive about it because I think a lot of people in the community, they're like, oh, I don't blame the scalpers. I blame the retailers for allowing them to do that. And, you know, it's a good point, actually. Yeah, the last question I have about this set is 
you know, being that there are so many promos and shiny Pokemon in the actual boxes themselves, will we um, see additional cards? Like, is it going to be expanded beyond what we saw in Shiny Star V? Uh, kind of similar to how we got the Charizard V in Champion's Path, which no one was expecting, and that ended up being in Shiny Star V, right, in Japanese. We actually right. got it first. So I'm curious now if uh, there's a chance there might be some cards that we haven't seen that drop into this set. I I'm very curious about that. And plus, I love all the full art trainers. I hope they all make it over because they're yes. all amazing in Shiny Star V. Oh, I totally agree. And I think that's a fantastic question. First of all, thank you to Poke Beach for providing... Uh, all of these product descriptions for Shining Fates. And according to Poke Beach, the set will contain over 90 cards for the regular portion and then over 120 cards for the Shiny Vault section. So that is, you know, substantially less than what Shiny Star V is. So I, I have a feeling that at least for the regular portion, they won't be including a lot of the repeat cards, kind of like what Shiny Star V did. And then... For the 120 cards in the Shiny Vault, I'm not sure if that's exactly corresponding to Shiny Star V's Shiny Vault. Yeah, it doesn't sound like, if I remember correctly, I think it's closer to 140, so yeah. it does sound like it's a little bit less as well. Interesting. Yeah, and it, you know, we don't know about those full art trainers yet either, but I would assume that's going to be part of the regular kind of side of the set. I want my English dad bod rose. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to say, which, which is your favorite full art trainer? It's Yeah, that's definitely a big one. There's like three or four that I love. I love dad bod rose. I love the Eevee uh, kid. I think, I don't know what it's called, but that, that it's Pokey kid dressed up as Eevee. Yeah, um, it's, it's Pokey kid, but it's like an Eevee version of it, right? Yeah, I love that one. I like uh, Pokey ball head. What's ball, ball man, ball head. I don't ball know guy. Name. Ball, ball guy. guy. Ball guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's such classic ones in this set. And then there's one more that I really love. Which one uh, is it? Skyla, who I, which I actually pulled. Oh, yes. You already know Very there's nice. some simps for Skyla. So that, that would be Heck a really yeah. popular card here in, in English. And Marnie's in there. That's not personally my favorite card, but it's a big yes. popular one. And it's playable. I think it's a pretty, pretty valuable card too. So Yeah, Marnie yeah. cards in general tend to be really popular and more pricey because they're a little bit playable as well. Like even just the normal hollow Marnie, which is really cool to see. Dope. I'm excited. Very, very exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely really looking forward to Shining Face, despite the name and all of the other controversy. But what's really interesting is the fact that it doesn't seem like this is actually the 25th anniversary set, which is what everyone was anticipating. You know, it's coming out in February, which is the exact month of Pokemon's anniversary here in the States. But shout out to Poke Guardian for this next bit of news. There's some speculation about the actual 25th anniversary set, which won't be coming out until the fall. So in actually late August, we're going to be seeing the beginning of some new products like a V-Box, a V-Max box. And then in September and October is when we're going to start to see all of the actual anniversary products. So there are rumors that this actual anniversary set is going to be a version of XY Evolution, so a throwback kind of set, which I'm actually really excited about. So this is a rumor, right? If this rumor is true, I am so excited. Oh my gosh. How awesome would it be to get another sort of reprinty, updated version of an older set, something maybe from the Wizards of the Coast era. Everyone's been asking, like, when can we get, you know, something like 
gym challenge or gym heroes how when can we get trainer pokemon back like that right when could we see maybe uh, team rockets or dark pokemon again or light pokemon i mean there's just so many things from the classic pokemon eras that we could get in something like this and my, my imagination just instantly starts going crazy if we could get some sort of uh updates on cards like that or reprinted sets like that it would just be super super nostalgic and fun to collect and not have to spend you know, millions of dollars at this point <laughs> to buy older product. Or even yeah. like a, a, a Neo kind of oh my gosh, yes. evolutions reprint would be super, super cool. Please, if Pokemon, if you're listening to this, please, we want it. We want it so bad. <laughs> I mean, evolutions was printed de- to death. I think they reprinted it like seven times or something like that. So the Pokemon company should know that it would be very profitable for them to do something like that. And yes, this is kind of a confirmed rumor it seems like so according to poke guardian in october of this year they had a source tell them that you know sword and shield 4.5 is going to be the shining fate set and that another special set is coming in late 2021 on october 20th so i think that's why people are saying that the real 25th anniversary set is going to be that late set that comes out in the fall so it's it's kind of confusing because I think when all of this Shining Fates news came out, everyone was like, okay, there's our there's our anniversary set. And we were all kind of expecting it because we knew Shiny Star V was eventually going to be printed with an English version. But this kind of throwback set would be really cool. And it would actually be more fitting for a anniversary set since Shining Fates slash Shiny Star V is very focused on the new gen with all of these Galar Pokemon. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think one of the things I enjoyed most about SY Evolutions um, was that among the reprinted cards, they threw in a lot more of the recent products. So you got a lot of EXs, uh, you had several break cards in there. And I think the full art cards are, are some of my favorites, actually, out of any recent set. And if they were to reprint some early Wizards of the Coast content, I think those full arts would be top of my list of, you know, new cards that I'd like to add to my collection, so. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. There would be so much potential for that kind of set because you'd have those awesome chase cards from the old Wizards of the Coast reprinted kind of sets, but also all of these new Vs and Vmaxes and... Or even an amazing rare. Yes! <gasps> yeah, can you oh imagine a Wizards of the Coast reprint uh, with an amazing rare or two thrown in there? Oh my gosh! You're... Yeah, it's yeah. <sighs> this is incredible. Just thinking about this, it, it's because we don't have any information. This is like literally the most exciting thing. I was actually of the, <laughs> you know, as you were talking about this, uh, Shinja, just now. Like I, I had this sort of feeling, but I just never know what to expect from Pokemon, you know. And I really didn't think they would maybe go for it and 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 do more of an anniversary type celebration set, and they would just stick with Shiny Star V. Now we know as Shining Fates, but. Yeah, it makes way more sense to have something that encompasses all of the, you know, generations of Pokemon or even go to something more classic as a celebration and an anniversary than something that's uh, really a celebration of the current, current, you know, generation. So I, I hope this is real. I hope it's true. It sounds super exciting. My gosh, this yeah, is awesome. I definitely agree with that because, you know, it's funny you use the word generations because with the last milestone for Pokemon's anniversary with the 20th year anniversary, the Pokemon Generation set kind of was like that. Like it, it wasn't evolutions, but it had a lot of older generations of Pokemon. So it's funny. I, I didn't even think about that either until those rumors about this actual anniversary set came out. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I guess Shining Fates wouldn't 
be super fitting for the 25th anniversary since it's mostly highlighting all these new Pokemon. So I'm really curious where they're going to be going with this. There are so many possibilities and so many fans would just go nuts over whatever they come up with. Whatever kind of throwback set they want to choose, people are going to be happy with. All right, so that's kind of all of the news we have for the Pokemon TCG. Not a whole lot, but some really, really big stuff. And moving on to Pokemon Go, we also have some really big stuff that's happening. Obviously, last episode, we talked about the level 50 cap increase, and that is actually already here. Niantic kind of just dropped the level 50 cap increase on December 1st without any prior heads up or announcement. And it's a grind, and it's been a lot of fun, and I think a lot of players are, are are playing even more now. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been able to see my XP bar next to my trainer name. So, you know, the moment <laughs> that went live, I was like, oh, no, the you know, we got to rush, rush forwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's been kind of exhausting. I mean, so I, I have hit level 41, which I'm really happy about, but... I, I can't really do the fast-paced grinding like all of the other people in our friend group because I was a pretty recent level 40 person. I only hit level 40 in July, so I don't have enough XP to actually move on to level 42. So, you know, there are people like me who are going to be kind of enjoying the ride, and it's going to take a while for us to get to level 50. And then you have the people who have been hardcore players for years. You know, they've been level 40 times two times three and you know we have a friend in our group who's already level 45 yeah and uh, he has more than enough at speed to make it to 50 at this point the bottlenecks are really the level up challenges mm-hmm. and some of them you could sit down and you could finish them in like a few hours other ones are going to be you know multiple days of hunting i'm currently sitting at 44 and to get to level 45, we have to defeat 100 rocket grunts, uh, 50 rocket leaders. And Whew. I don't know the last time you've sat down and did 50 rocket leaders. Let alone find that many. Yeah, I don't think I've done that many rocket leaders in the entire history that Team Rocket's been in the game. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the most hardcore of players, but I certainly have friends who are. And even for the most dedicated players, 50 rocket leaders, that's going to take a while. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And I know some people have already finished it, but that's the sort of take a day or two off of work, you know, <laughs> find some time during quarantine to hunt down rocket stops. It's, it's a formidable challenge. And I do like that they made it a little bit more difficult and they added something besides just XP so that you really have to play all aspects of the games and show you can manage everything to level up. So I'm happy with it so far. Just listening to you talk about that made me feel so overwhelmed. Like, I, as a player who's <laughs> lapsed, and I wonder again about, I think this is kind of my same question from last week, but, you know, I, I tried to jump back in. I saw that there was another community day uh, last week, right? I forget what, what Pokemon it was. Uh, so the last community day was Magmar, which was... Yeah, Magmar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the middle of November. You know, I jumped back in with that. I see a lot of uh, co-workers playing, and so, you know, I figured I would try and connect with them and see what was going on. And the amount of stuff to do at this point is so outrageous. Like when I go into that area where you can see the different challenges, it's just like flooded with things to do. (laughs) And I guess that's great if you have a lot of time, but it seems like the grind has become very, very real. And um, 
it just doesn't seem as accessible as it used to be. Like the thing about Pokemon Go is you could just turn it on, walk around, catch some Pokemon and be happy. Now it seems like you have to really have a lot of planning to really get the most out of this game and feel like you're making progress. It just seems so overwhelming to me. Yeah, I think you definitely bring up a good point that honestly, Pokemon Go is kind of all about perspective and like what you most enjoy about the game itself. Because for me and Dunks, we have you know, a Discord server with local friends and all of us are, are big Pokemon Go players. But for me personally, I've been behind and I only got back into the game a little over a year ago. I feel like a noob compared to all these other people who have been hardcore players since 2016 and are already, you know, level 44, level 45. So that I'm like looking at myself like a, a measly little level 41 player. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have so much grinding to do. I have all these things I need to do like I I suddenly just felt like I was back at the beginning and like so far behind but I realized you know it's all about perspective because even just hitting level 40 was a huge accomplishment and I've now passed that to at 41 and that's still a really big deal even though I'm not going to be able to get to level 42 anytime soon let alone level 50 I'm still in a good spot and right now I'm not prioritizing the level increase as much as other aspects of the game just because I already know it's going to take me a long time to get there so it it really kind of depends on what your favorite aspect of the game is because you know there's there's shiny hunting there's go battle league there's raiding and getting all these cool legendary pokemon and I think right now I'm kind of just focusing on that and letting it kind of happen a little bit more naturally whereas you have the people who already have enough xp and enough enough of the tasks completed and are able to do those really quickly so they're able to kind of race to level 50 and it's really exciting and challenging for them and i think all of the people who are able to get to level 50 fastest are the players that want that really fast-paced grind to begin with so i think it's actually really good for those players but for, you know, the players who are maybe not level 40 yet, definitely can be really overwhelming. So I, I definitely get that. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I feel like they sort of accounted for a lot of the different groups of players in the game. Uh, I know Shinja just recently hit level 40. And then when this level announcement was, well, this uh, level cap increase was announced, she was sort of a little disappointed because she's like, she just got to the top, you know, level 40. Mm -hmm. It's the end game. And now they're adding 10 more levels. And the increase in level, it's always been exponential. So, you know, the increase from 40 to 50, to get to level 50, you're going to need nine times the amount of XP that it took to get to level 40. So it's really, it, it grows exponentially. And it can take a really long time, and especially if you feel like you're behind. Um, but they did do small things in the game, I think, that sort of small little changes that helped all of the players and I think one of them was... Like like quality of life kind of stuff? Well, yeah. So they've, they're constantly improving the game, but they've added some... They've done like small gestures that really help all the players. And I think one in particular I'm thinking of is they added a Legacy Level 40 award. And for players like Shinja, who just recently hit Level 40, and now they've got 10 more levels to climb, you know, you, it, it is a little discouraging. But you do get something with this change is that you get to say you're a Legacy Level 40 and if you can hit level 40 before December 31st, before the end of the year, you get that legacy level 40 badge, which is just another example of small things you can do to acknowledge all of your players, to acknowledge that people play the game differently and maybe they're 
more hardcore or maybe they're more casual players, but they still put in the work to get to level 40. So, you know, it's just a little nod. Things like that, that really show that Niantic is thinking about all of their players and not just the most vocal ones in the community. I think that makes a huge difference. Another thing, you know, kind of going off of that is because there are still a lot of people who maybe aren't level 40 yet, but they really want to hit 40 before the end of the year so they can become that legacy 40 player is you get a lot more XP out of small little things in the game. So for example, the biggest thing right now is if you hit an excellent curveball and you catch a Pokemon, you get 2000 XP just for that catch, which is super, super nice. And that's just based off of the excellent throw. It is double XP right now to kind of help with the people who are trying to hit 40 or just, you know, XP grind in general. So 2021 going forward, it will be only 1000 XP, but that's still a huge increase and people are able to grind and you know if you just if you just go to a well populated area for like two three hours and grind and try to hit as many excellent throws as you can you can get probably like maybe a million xp or something so they are trying to help a little bit with that which i do really appreciate yeah, that's kind of cool. I love all that. And and I think the game is clearly clearly knows its base. It sounds like they're addressing the hardcore. They're addressing some of the casual. They know Pokemon collectors, right? You want to have your shiny different things. You got to catch them all. You got to have your badges. <laughs> you got to be special, right? So I think they're kind of, you know, definitely approaching it in a very uh, Nintendo Pokemon way. So yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I've definitely just in, in the two weeks of us kind of chatting about Pokemon Go, I've definitely gotten the urge to jump back in. So uh, it, it's it's definitely kind of cool to come back to it and, and revisit it and see the the growth. A lot of a lot of new changes, a lot of different things to do. It's good. Yeah. It's better than having nothing to do, right? I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, it's certainly not the same playing it, you know, right now in the kind of world we live in with a global pandemic. But the game in general is a blast, and there's so many different ways you can play just sitting at home. And you know, another thing with the level fifty cap increase is. They very cleverly designed it so you cannot just quickly grind through and hit level 50 in like a weekend because, you know, kind of like what Dunks was saying earlier, there are some really long, tedious tasks like defeat 50 rocket grunts. But the biggest one is actually one that comes, I think, around level 48, which is you have to walk, is it eight kilometers over eight weeks or something like that? Uh, it has 25, 25 kilometers a week for eight weeks i believe that's what it does that's right i don't know where i got eight kilometers from but yeah i mean so right there that that is a two-month period that you're going to be sitting on level 48 and you can't increase to 49 so it's something that niantic wants people to take their time with go get them pokemon go players (laughs) (laughs) so that is the level 50 cap increase some really exciting stuff and we know of course with that we also got the kalos pokemon now in pokemon go so there's some really exciting stuff happening What's maybe not as exciting as I was kind of hoping and anticipating for is December Community Day. So we did talk about this a little bit last week because, of course, you know, all Pokemon Go players knew that December Community Day was coming. It was going to be a two-day event, and there was going to be a lot of really exciting activities to go along with December Community Day. But there is some controversy with this year's December Community Day. And here's why. This year's December Community Day will only be featuring the Pokemon from the Community Days in 2019 and 2020. So, of course, you can 
catch all those Pokemon, they'll have increased shiny rates and you can evolve them up to their final evolutionary stage and get the exclusive move, which is great. However, 2018 Community Day Pokemon will not be making an appearance, which that's kind of one thing that's kind of understandable because there are two years already that they need to be highlighting. So an additional year, I can understand that. But you also cannot evolve the 2018 Pokemon to get the special exclusive move, which I think is a huge mistake. It's something I'm personally really bummed about. They have said that you know, in the future, they're going to have some kind of special event where you can get those exclusive moves, but I don't see the reason why they shouldn't just allow you to do that already for December Community Day this year. I have an inkling that, so we got a second Charmander Community Day, and they added a different move this time. So the first Charmander Community Day, if you evolved the Charmeleon to a Charizard, you would get Blast Burn, which is an absolutely incredible move. Blast Burn, Hydro Cannon, Frenzy Plant are all really strong moves in the meta, and they really make the starters much more viable. And this year, in the second Char Charmander Community Day, the exclusive move was a fast move, actually, and it was Dragon Breath. Mm -hmm. And my suspicion is that they didn't want to give players access to an evolution on the Community Day that would give them an exclusive fast move and an exclusive charge move in the same evolution. I think that they wanted to keep people from getting Dragon Breath, Blast Burn, Charizards for free. And I, I, I think it's sort of a push for elite charge TMs, elite fast TMs, which is something I'm really not happy about. But I think that might be a factor. And as in previous years, so the 2019 December Community Day, uh, we're actually not going to see uh, the previous year's Community Day Pokemon spawning in the wild. They'll be available if you are hatching eggs, they'll be available in raids. But to keep the spawn pool down, it's only Pokemon from that year. And it seems like they're only committing to doing two years worth of content at a time, which is something a little bit more understandable. But closing off the exclusive moves to us, I think that's the part that people are really getting upset over. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. Similar to how last year's Community Day worked, where the 2018 Pokemon were in eggs and raids, that's how the 2018 Pokemon will work for this year. But... Yeah, I, I really just think it's a ploy for us to, you know, buy more of their elite TMs, which is really frustrating. You know, I know at the end of the day, they're a company and a business and they have to do what they can to to get the most money. I understand that, but it's it's still incredibly frustrating. And it's just closing off even more players who are new and don't have those exclusive moves for the 2018 Pokemon. And like you said, for the Kanto starters and so many other Pokemon, you need that exclusive move for the for the Pokemon to be even remotely useful. Otherwise, there's really no point at all. So I'm curious how they're going to be handling this once, you know, in the future they do have some kind of special event where you can evolve your Pokemon to get the 2018 Community Day moves, but I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I know personally I'm disappointed because I've been saving really good Beldum since like January of this year to evolve and I even got my only shiny shadow Pokemon which is a Beldum and I was really looking forward to evolving that and you know I'm someone who I'm not necessarily new at the game anymore because I have been playing again for a year but I'm still new enough that I wasn't able to get the most out of 
the 2019 December community day because I only had so many of the original Pokemon and the candy and whatnot or even rare candy. So this year I was really excited to be able to take advantage of the opportunity of December community day. And, you know, like you said, Dunks, I totally get why they don't want to include the 2018 Pokemon in the pool because that's a lot of Pokemon to cycle through. But give us the move. I mean, come on. Give us the move. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with December Community Day. I think a lot of people are really disappointed about that. But otherwise, it should be a really fun event. You know, people are going to get a ton of shinies. And there are still some Pokemon that you can take advantage of evolving and to get the exclusive move. And there will be some special bonuses, such as 2 times Catch Stardust, Half Egg Hatch Distance, and Mega Gengar and Mega Charizard being featured in raids. So it should be a fun time. It's going to be happening Saturday, December 12th until Sunday, December 13th. Pretty much all day. As soon as Saturday 6 a.m. hits, you can start catching the Pokemon and evolving. And then the event will end on Sunday, December 13th at 10 p.m. local time. So if you're someone who maybe missed out on previous Community Days this is the community day to play. If you're going to play one community day in a year, play it in December for sure. All right, and the last bit of news for Pokemon Go is also quite a doozy, but in a really good way. We're going to be having a special research event to celebrate the new Pokemon movie Secrets of the Jungle, and it'll be coinciding with a Jesse and James return as well. But the real kicker is that completing this special research will guarantee an encounter with shiny Celebi. This is the very first time we're going to be getting one of those shiny mythical Pokemon where you only get one chance to catch it in a special research encounter, and it's guaranteed. So everyone who completes it, you're going to get the shiny Celebi. And people are freaking out about this. Yeah, and we've been wondering for a long time um, how Niantic is sort of going to move forward with mythical Pokemon because currently no mythical Pokemon besides Meltan and Balmetal, but they are sort of a special case in this game. No mythical Pokemon have been available as shiny. None of them are tradable, so you can't get lucky versions of these Pokemon. And you really only get one chance to catch a mythical Pokemon and hope it has, you know, the right IVs or you're just hoping you get a good one. And, you yeah. know, some people have really let out. Some people have been left disappointed. So uh, this does, it's very hopeful for shiny collectors. Uh, it's hopeful for fans of mythical Pokemon that we are finally getting a shiny. And we're hoping this means that in future events that we're going to be getting more shiny mythical Pokemon. I know a lot of people are sort of surprised that it's Celebi first and not shiny Mew. Um, mm-hmm. But seeing that the movie... Uh, is featuring Celebi, it does make a bit of sense. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, a smart way to kind of tie in the movie because having that kind of cross promo works really well. They did a similar thing with Pokemon Journeys. They had a special Go event centered around that character in Pokemon Journeys. And I think it's a fun way to tie in multiple aspects of Pokemon. And I definitely want to see Shiny Mew one day, but I'm totally happy with Shiny Celebi coming just because it ties in with the movie so well. So the special research is going to be starting on Monday, December 14th at 8 a.m. local time. And coinciding with that, we'll also have a special Pikachu wearing a hat, yet another one. I know it's an Explorer Pikachu. Of course, there will be a shiny variant as well. And 
that Pokemon is going to be the special Pokemon that'll be appearing in the Spotlight Hour on Tuesday, December 15th. So that'll be a really cute Pikachu. I know a lot of people are really sick of all of the special hats, but I do think this one looks really, really cute. Yeah, and we've got one more shiny coming from this event, and that is shiny Rufflet. Yes. Which is great because Rufflet is still a pretty rare Pokemon. I know you can get it through Go Battle League um, at some point, and you can get it from some special researches. But I think a lot of people are excited because it's a pretty uncommon Pokemon. It's a rare Pokemon in the game, and shiny Braviary looks fantastic. I'm really excited to get a shiny Braviary, so fingers crossed for this event. I'm kind of shocked, honestly, because, you know, Rufflet only just came out very recently, and the fact that they're already releasing a shiny is kind of shocking to me, but I agree that shiny Braviary looks so dope that I'm I'm really looking forward to that hunt. Yeah, this is definitely something for me that I could get behind, get into. All of this announcement sound right up my alley as a more casual player. I loved collecting the Pikachu hat Pokemon when I first started playing back, oh, yeah. back way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few of them. But you know, the one thing that I think is kind of funny about this is as you start to collect all of these, they take up all those Pokemon slots and then, <laughs> then you have to start spending money to actually get more room because <laughs> you don't want to get rid of any of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely like why they keep doing this, I feel like, is to be able to, you know, get you to fill that up and then, you know, eventually now pay more money and, and get more slots. But that's a really uh, good point. I actually didn't think about that at all. I just thought they were kind of being lazy with it and wanting to release some special exclusive hat pokemon with a shiny potential because people go nuts over that especially if they're a limited release pokemon where you know they're only gonna be spawning for a small duration for an event but they actually just did increase your storage space now to is it four thousand i believe say what i only have 400 (laughs) how do i get four (laughs) thousand you gotta pay money (laughs) yeah you gotta spend poker coins to uh increase so it's 200 poker coins for 50 more bot space so you might have to, uh, if you got a bunch of poker coins sitting around, you might want to take like 10 minutes and go through and buy 50 bot space at a time until you're at the So max. you're saying I could get up to 4,000, but I still got to buy them all, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, anyways, I love the Celebi. The art looks really great. How is uh, yeah. Jesse and James going to play into this? What, are they, what does that look like? Yeah, so Jesse and James, they're going to be appearing more frequently in their special little Meowth balloon, but only... On December 25th, which of course is Christmas, so I do find that really odd timing. I don't know why they would have it be a special kind of Christmas Day event. It'll be from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. local time, which is kind of their standard for that. But I'm not sure why it's a one-day thing, and out of you know all the days in December, why it's Christmas. Yeah, definitely interesting. Jesse and James will also be appearing um, in snapshots. So if you're taking AR pictures of your Pokemon, you are going to have jesse and james photobombing it looks like right we'll see what sort of spawns you get from those yeah maybe it'll be a special event spawn maybe it'll just replace your generic uh snapshot so we'll see that's cool i like that december is definitely looking to be a really exciting month and this is kind of just the beginning you know we definitely have expectations for a winter christmas themed event where maybe we can see shiny stantler with the bells and shiny deli bird which only ever appears this time of year so this is just the beginning and there's a lot going on in pokemon go to be excited yeah it sounds awesome it's for someone again who's newer and kind of coming back into it i mean it's it's amazing how uh alive this game is right now so a lot of stuff to do very cool yeah bruce this is the time for you to jump back in join us definitely (laughs) definitely 
Yeah, we'll be standing on the side with a, you know, a life raft if, you know, you need rescue. <laughs> if you jump in too deep, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I might need an escape rope. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from Pokemon Go, we have something that's a little bit different, but something that I just absolutely adore. Nintendo released a Pokemon ASMR video featuring Pikachu, of course, the titular mascot of Pokemon. It's like a 15-minute video or something just with Pikachu running around the living room and, you know, saying all these cute sounds. Thank you to Polygon for giving us this kind of information, but it's it's absolutely adorable, and it's not something I would have ever expected the Pokemon company to do in 2020 but you know what it's it's the hero that we deserve this year yeah I really like the uh the article that that they wrote and it kind of highlights you know obviously what ASMR is and how you know as we are all struggling through 2020 and a lot of people are feeling kind of lonely and um you know are isolated and quarantined and all these different things having something like this if uh if, you know it can help you kind of relax and soothe you for some obviously for some it's might be quite annoying especially if you don't want to hear endless <laughs> pikas but um <laughs> the video is really really uh, honestly very cute and well done um you even get to see pikachu take a little nap and uh, it's 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 pretty funny i can't believe we're talking about asmr on this podcast and it's right? only episode 2 so um <laughs> This is uh, concerning to me, but you know what? It's not the first time Pokemon's actually done this. There are other ones. I think there's a Charmander one on a beach or something, or there's some other ones out there too, and they're all officially made by the Pokemon company. So that um, is def- amazing. definitely interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so according to this Polygon article, there's Charmander sleeping by a fire and Squirtle hanging out at the beach, which I actually had no idea there were more ASMR videos. I thought this Pikachu one was the only one, but y'all already know that Squirtle one's going to be on replay 24-7 for me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense than what I said. Why would Charmander be at a beach? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys into ASMR videos at all? Any of like, the food slurping things or anything like that? Uh, not really, <laughs> but you know, I, <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I, I I can appreciate it. You know, I, I can see I can see where some people find it, you know, relaxing. I can I can see how some people would flock to that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I definitely can understand it, but for me, the only kind of thing that's remotely close to ASMR that I really enjoy is the sound of keyboard typing. It's really weird. I don't know why, but I just love a good keyboard click. Like, I'll, every once in a while, I'll just look up, like, mechanical keyboards. And I just like to listen to the sound of that. I just love keyboards. I'm a nerd. What can I say? That's, no, that's pretty cool. I I, uh, I don't know if I have anything that like that, that, like, soothes me or relaxes me. But I can, I can, I see the value. I think it's great that, you know, in this day and age, there's a lot of different ways where, you know, you can and find ways to, to relax because it is really hard these days to do that. So whatever floats your boat, get that Pokemon ASMR in your life. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I think Pokemon ASMR is actually a really smart idea because it's not it's not kind of along the route of the ASMR videos that some people find really uncomfortable. It's just it's just a cute Pokemon. Like it kind of immerses you into that world for a moment. And it is it is pretty calming and relaxing, honestly, and adorable. Yeah, just just be careful when you start the video that you don't have the volume all the way up because it was a little quiet and I think 
I almost blew my ears out at the first Pikachu, or at least fell out of my chair. So it's a jump scare, is what it is. Yeah, there's a jump scare <laughs> Pikachu. I never thought I'd see it, but here we are. Yeah. Pikachu's always always trolling. Only in 2020. All right, our last bit of news before we wrap up with our merch drops comes from Kotaku and it's about a super awesome moment where a Twitch streamer found an extremely rare shiny synesty. And to kind of further explain that, it's a really interesting story. There is a 1% chance that you can find an authentic shiny synesty. So you might be a little bit confused because while there are really low rates to get a shiny Pokemon, it's like one in 4,000 something, right? For the authentic shiny Sinistee, you actually have to get a rare mark on the bottom of its teacup. So if you encounter a shiny Sinistee, it might not be the quote authentic shiny one. It's about a one in 500,000 chance that it can be both shiny and authentic and you can tell when you're on your inventory screen and you can evolve the authentic synesty with a chipped pot item so only the authentic synesties can evolve with this special item otherwise it would be a cracked pot so a streamer by the name of agent v actually found this while she was streaming and had just you know a a beautiful moment of, of freaking out over it and i think it's something that any gamer, any Pokemon fan can really appreciate because it's such a special moment, you know? Any kind of shiny encounter is really exciting, but something as rare as a 1% chance encounter is ridiculous. This is an insane story. I, I, I it, It's very funny. So I've recently started streaming myself. I've been spending a lot of time on Twitch, connecting with other Twitch creators, and some of the other people from the Instagram community that we're a part of uh, have also been streaming a lot as well, and they're all shiny hunting. That's like one of the biggest things that this community likes to do when they're mm-hmm. playing Pokemon Sword and Shield is just go into these shiny you know, raid dens and do that, and then also just kind of go after different Pokemon this creator, she is apparently trying to catch every Pokemon, complete the decks with shiny Pokemon, which is just an insane challenge, oh, right? And then for her to go ahead and, and to do this with this Sinistee, which has this additional like kind of thing, which first of all, Pokemon Company, you are insane <laughs> for coming <laughs> up with these schemes and like coming up with these ideas because uh, it just adds like so much challenge but also intrigue right it just makes you want to be able to do that and have this extremely rare moment but to actually accomplish it is insane and it takes a lot of commitment it sounds like they did it in like one of their first encounters of that stream like very early on so just incredible odds and it's a really cool thing to see but yeah i love it i love the story yeah yeah i did also want to add that authentic synesthes there is actually a visual component to being authentic Authentic synesthes and poltergeist will have a seal of authenticity on the underside of their in-game model. Oh my gosh. Um, so you can actually you can actually rotate the Pokemon around. And if you look underneath on the inside of the rim of both Synesty and Poltergeist, there's this small little decorative mark that signifies an authentic Pokemon. So, you know, it, it's very subtle, but oh, immensely satisfying. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I genuinely wonder, you know, how many people out there actually have one and 
I bet how do they even be, know? Yeah, I bet no, people don't even know, right? That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is I bet there's people who have encountered a shiny synesty and they don't even know. Maybe it's authentic and they got super lucky. Maybe it's not. I I honestly had no idea there was a difference between this. Like what you were saying, Bruce. The Pokemon company's insane. <laughs> they really are. I mean, I, I loved even like there's so many little things, little visual details. The fact that like male and female Pokemon sometimes have different elements, like Pikachu right. with the heart tail, if you, you know, you have the female version, you know, there's so many of these little things uh, that, you know, you would, you know, only pick up over time. And even if you see it or encounter it, you may never know, right? It's a detail that could go completely unnoticed. Um, but when, you know, you have moments like this and you see people kind of bringing these things out, uh, it's just super cool. It builds that community, builds different, uh, just that obsession over these different things that that attention to detail is great. It's, it's something I love to see. I was going to say the same thing. I absolutely love that attention to detail. That's something I really admire in so many different qualities, like not just video games, but like movies too. Attention to detail is something I really respect. And I think this is just so fantastic. And it's really heartwarming seeing these kinds of moments with streamers and content creators when they get something super lucky and they're just so happy for them. Like you can't help but just watch it and you're you're just smiling from from ear to ear because it's just so authentic for her reaction and the synesty you know very cool yeah very very cool moment so congratulations agent v that is just fantastic kotaku actually said that by her own estimation it only took four thousand attempts so <laughs> not too bad not too bad not at too all. bad all right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up our news portion for this episode just with some quick little product announcements and merch drops. We have an officially licensed Pokeball coming in February to kind of coincide with the 25th anniversary. So this will be, you know, 100% authentic replica. It's officially licensed and it retails for $100. We also have some new TCG tins coming out in the spring aptly named spring v forces tins which i think a lot of people are a little bit surprised about because the pokemon promos featured are actually not promos they are cards directly from sword and shield sets we have galarian slubro v from darkest ablaze lucario v from champion's path and mew v from darkest ablaze so kind of a weird set they actually come out on february 19th not in the spring so there's just a lot of weird stuff with those tins but we'll see how popular they are i guess the Pokemon company has to kind of come out with more products. And we're not getting our new English Sword and Shield set until March 19th. That set's going to be featuring Urshifu. So not, not too many details yet on that set, but we do have that date if people want to kind of keep that in mind. We have some cute little plushes coming our way, including a three-foot Dragapult plush, which retails for about... $86 and it actually has detachable dreepy which is just adorable and you guys have to look up the photos for them because it's it's ridiculous and so cool. yeah that's crazy three feet that's a big one <laughs> my favorite part about this dragapult is that its tail and its body are sort of curved so you can hold it like against your chest and it'll like wrap around your shoulder inside so you can carry it around like hugging you like latched onto you like a baby koala or something Aww. and it's that is cute oh it's so freaking cute i i'd love to hold one yes you know 86 dollars it mm, we might have to we might have to find a way to swing it i know i i don't know if these are going to be coming out in the states just yet 
But honestly, $86 for a three-foot plush? It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I definitely need to figure out a way to swing it, especially with the detachable Dreepy. I mean, it's just so, so, so cute. And I, and I love Dragapult. Definitely one of my favorite new Galar Pokemon. And speaking of Galar Pokemon, we also have a Galarian Farfetch'd Leak plush. It's literally just Farfetch'd Leak. Like, it's... It's hilarious. This actually came out back in October in Japan, and people didn't really expect it to get imported here in the States, but it is available on the Pokemon Center website, which is really cool. And speaking of the Pokemon Center, we don't have any updates quite yet on when the special delivery Charizard promo is going to be released. The special delivery Pikachu, of course, is already sold out, and the Pokemon company has been, you know, sending those out as fast as they can. But unfortunately, they have not been able to fulfill a lot of orders because there were items such as Champion's Path ETBs that they may be oversold. So they weren't able to fulfill a lot of those orders. However, they are making it up by sending the Pikachu promo and the ornament to the people who weren't able to get those products that they bought and, you know, sold out. And they're even including a $20 discount. So... Honestly, I do think, you know, the Pokemon Center and Pokemon Company are doing a good job of kind of fixing their mistakes with this whole special delivery Pikachu fiasco. It's been quite insane how how that whole thing and story has been playing out, and it's just going to be worse when the Charizard promo drops. I think a lot of people were expecting this promo to come out in December but based on how the Pikachu promo went, a lot of speculations are pointing into the direction of maybe a January, February release now for the Charizard. Yeah, it's nice to see them try to make good uh, on the issues that they had with the inventory allotment and canceling orders and still trying to get the promo out to people. So I think that that's nice to see, and it's nice to see a response. Um, the $20 discount is also cool um you know on a future purchase um helps to try and hopefully keep people loyal and coming back to their website to make new purchases so you know there's definitely uh some good things i think that are coming from this although it is still probably really really frustrating upsetting to those who either didn't get their orders or had extremely late shipments and missed out on opportunities to get the, the product that they actually wanted but i think it's a, a nice update to see you know a week later because we covered this last week and you know there's a lot of really upset people a lot of really upset people with cancellation emails it's nice to see them trying to do a little something to make up for that situation yeah i'm glad that even if someone's order was canceled because they the product sold out i'm glad they're at least sending the promo out because that would be super frustrating and disappointing if you don't get the products you ordered and you don't get the promo that would just suck yeah one of my hopes is that pokemon companies didn't learn from this fiasco a little bit and when they roll out special delivery charizard Hopefully it's going to be a little bit more stable of a buying experience that more people are going to be able to get their hands on at least one of these. Fingers crossed for sure, because I hope the Pokemon company is well aware enough or self-aware enough to know that Charizard is their most popular Pokemon. So especially when it comes to the TCG. So we might be a little screwed in that department. We'll see how they handle it. All right, so that wraps up our news segment for this episode, and we're going to now jump into our anime rewatch. So just like last week, we started off with Indigo League Episode 1, the very famous pilot for the Pokemon anime. This week, we watched Episode 2, Pokemon 
emergency. So this episode starts off with Ash running into Viridian City with, you know, poor Pikachu who got really badly wounded in episode one. And Viridian City is on high alert because the very famous Pokemon thieves, Jesse, James, and Meowth of Team Rocket are going around stealing Pokemon. So Ash runs into Viridian City and then bumps into Officer Jenny, who's like, yo, are you stealing that Pokemon? We got we got to talk. Let me see your ID. And his Pokedex is his ID. Yeah, I really loved the beginning of this episode. I forgot all of this, and it came flooding back as you know, I'm watching. I think I've seen probably most of these episodes when I was younger. I actually don't know if I've seen every episode of the original series, mm. but it's really funny how the ones that I do remember watching are kind of flooding back to me. And the uh, the fact that the officer, is it Officer Jenny? Is that her name? Yeah, Jenny. Yeah, Officer Jenny thinks that Ash is the thief. It was pretty, uh, pretty funny. I thought it was a very clever sequence, actually, um, and a good way to introduce the fact that there is something up, <laughs> some, something afoot. Um, but yeah, she really questions him. <laughs> and then here comes the Pokedex again. Yeah. <laughs> Pokedex just answers every question <laughs> that we have. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, they do a really great job with... So obviously the episode starts off and she, Officer Jenny's, like, talking into, like, a megaphone. Like, all right, like, you know... We're on high alert. Be on the lookout for these Pokemon thieves. And you see kind of like wanted signs for Jesse and James. And they do a really good job of kind of framing that. So you can kind of, even if like you you watch this episode not knowing anything about Team Rocket or anything about Jesse and James, you definitely know there's something up. And you know what they look like because of those wanted posters before the characters even come into the actual episode. You kind of know like, okay, like this is what we can expect. Yeah. On the topic of the Pokedex, I know we spent a lot of time on it last episode that it's really an understated element in the Pokemon show. There was one line uh, in this episode I found really funny is at the end of sort of the explanation, the Pokedex says, if lost or stolen, I cannot be replaced. And I thought it was just so funny that the, the Pokedex is definitely aware of how like special it is. And I think it just makes it even more cheeky. It's <laughs> It's one of my like favorite characters that's not really a character in this show yeah i think i'm like that this is literally my new favorite pokemon character is the Pokedex. <laughs> <laughs> like it, the fact that it was it says made by professor oak for ash like literally yeah. that the pokedex was made for a person like i didn't realize any of these details when i first watched i mean the pokedex has got so much mystery and intrigue around it and uh i love it i love how how much of a character it really is yeah no re-watching this made me really wish i still owned my own kanto pokedex like you know that toy that was really popular back in the day yeah totally i wish i still had that i i don't know where it is i, I must have gotten rid of it and you know who knows when but it definitely made me appreciate that pokedex and this is definitely my favorite pokedex out of all of the kind of iterations and designs this one's this one's the classic so eventually ash does show his identification through this amazing pokedex to officer jenny and she's like all right all right you're legit i'll take you to the pokemon center and you know she rushes ash and pikachu over in her motorcycle bike or whatever which is super amazing by the way i was gonna <laughs> use some other words just now but that bike is incredible yeah <laughs> it's really cool and she's got like the the second seat which works out really nice you know if she needs to escort someone or maybe he's got some bad guys like it's it's a really nice motorcycle and, and the way that she sort of goes flying over the curb 
into the open doors of the Pokemon Center and comes sliding to a stop right in front of Nurse Joy. It's just so over the top. It's so extra. It's so anime. It's just hilarious. (laughs) So anime, yes. I mean, the Pokemon Center, the Pokemon Center itself is so like anime too if we're going to just keep using that word as a way to describe things like it's super huge and artistic and like man i wish we got more pokemon centers like that in some of the games and things like that because it just looks awesome right it's like a full-on hospital no i'm really glad you brought that up because i i remember back as a kid whenever i would watch this episode i always was really puzzled that nurse joy had to like you know whip out a stretcher for pikachu and like take him to the back with chancy and is like all right ash like go wait in the waiting room where it's like in the games you just wait 10 seconds dun, 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 dun. boom they're done they're healed like they make it so much more dramatic in the anime and even you know the actual pokemon center itself like you said was huge and so spectacularly designed it's like wow it's way different in the anime than it is in the video games I, I thought it was also funny how Ash kept calling, I got to get him to the hospital, to the hospital. And I, I don't think until they got to Viridian City that they actually called it the Pokemon Center. But yeah, no, it's interesting because I wonder, I don't remember all of Indigo League well enough to say, but I wonder if later in the show, the Pokemon Centers serve different purposes. I, I know they're also a place uh, for trainers to sort of sleep or get food and relax. So I'm interested to see how the shows that handle Pokemon centers. I, I, I have sort of an idea based on what I remember as a kid, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, they handle it. Yeah, no, that's a really good point for sure. So while Ash is waiting for Pikachu to get healed by Pokemon Center Lady, as the TCG always refers to her <laughs> in the back, <laughs> um, he's kind of wandering around, you know, he calls his mom and you hear that amazing ringtone, which actually used to be my phone my phone ringtone back in the day. And one thing I want to highlight about this kind of scene is when he's walking around the Pokemon Center and like kind of just observing what, what they've got going on, you've got on the wall this picture of Moltres, Zapdos, Articuno, and Arcanine. And, you know, Ash is kind of staring at this and he zooms in on one of the birds thinking it's Ho-Oh, which obviously it actually isn't because Ho-Oh is a Johto bird, not a Kanto bird. So that's one thing that I thought was really interesting. And number two is the fact that Arcanine is featured on this because Arcanine is not, you know, part of this legendary trio of birds, nor is he a legendary Pokemon. But when Arcanine was first made, they considered Arcanine a kind of pseudo legendary. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. And it's interesting that even though uh, they sort of decided not to include Arcanine in any sort of legendary storyline or like any sort of pseudo legendary storyline they do give nods to this original origin in the show Um, and i think that's neat that they're able to sort of include easter eggs or nods to earlier in in pokemon's development because they have a lot more creative freedom in the show than they did in the games i I was super confused honestly when he was looking at that and then he starts talking about ho-oh i was like what like yeah does he have it wrong? Does he have it right? Do I, do, am I supposed to know that? Like, it was really confusing. Um, I kind of thought it was maybe just a bunch of random Pokemon thrown in together, and the art was just hard to kind of tell what's what. But yeah, now that you mentioned that, it, it really is Moltres. Like, that's that's kind of a cool little little thing, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you got to appreciate the, uh, the, the nod there for sure. I think it was actually Articuno that he mistook for Ho-Oh, which was interesting. 
okay yeah I, i couldn't tell either i was just really confused by the whole part like that whole situation it's cool art though yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's interesting because uh he also mentions it to professor oak and professor oak is thinking he's talking about you know one of the canter legendary birds he's like ah no trainer has ever seen one of those mm-hmm. uh which is funny because even the canto birds are something that no one's ever seen and yet ash has already caught a glimpse of something from the Jota region so yeah what a what a lucky kid <laughs> yeah so lucky another thing kind of while you're talking about ash's phone call with professor oak is in the beginning of the call oak is using the wrong video camera and it's like on the opposite side of his office using like the camera where you can see the back of his head and in the english dub ash is like oh i I don't recognize the back of your head but in the original japanese version ash is actually asking if professor oak is cooking ramen in the background so i thought that was just kind of a funny little cultural difference that they they kind of changed Oh man, that's so much better. I'm gonna have to start watching the Japanese version. I wonder if the uh, is there a Japanese dubbed versions of these? Yeah, or yeah. subbed subbed versions of these rather. Oh, I mean, there's gotta be somewhere on the internet that you can watch the original Japanese. But yeah, I, w- I would love to see the original and just have actual, you know, better translations because that's such a better scene, way more anime. Yeah, you know, and it was, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this before I even knew about that fun fact. But rewatching this episode, I was thinking. It's really interesting how I feel like a lot of people who are really obsessed with anime, they're they're diehard like, you know, you have to listen you have to watch the anime in the original language in Japanese and you have to watch it with English subs. But we all grew up with the Pokemon anime as kids, you know, and we would just watch it on four kids or WB or whatever. So we all grew up with this English dub and I feel like it's it's like that one anime that everyone can kind of unanimously agree like okay like the english dub is fine like we can watch the english dub yeah that's a really good point i never even thought about it because i do only watch uh dubs when i watch anime today um but i would never even think about watching this that way but now i kind of am (laughs) so yeah yeah, maybe i want to go back and see what that looks like that's pretty cool a a bit of a spoiler uh for this rotal squad episode sometimes uh, the changes they make are like a little bit more obvious because I know uh, Squirtle Squad steals uh, the lunch of Brock, Misty, and Ash. Um, and they're eating onigiri. So it's like oh, these yeah. Japanese, uh, like these pressed white rice wrapped in seaweed. And Brock keeps saying, they stole our jelly donut. And he keeps saying jelly donut over and over again. And I remember as a kid, I'm like, that's not a jelly donut. What on earth are they talking about? <laughs> but I think they just had to find something that was a similar number of syllables <laughs> yeah. to match the mouth movements. And I thought that was pretty funny. Right, and something that kids in in America would be able to comprehend, even if it doesn't look anything like a donut at all. Yeah, I totally, I totally remember what you're talking about, and I did think that was the most unique donut I'd ever seen. (laughs) So hilarious! This makes so much more sense. I was really oblivious as a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. You walked in. You walked into Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, I want a Pokemon donut, and they're like, What on earth are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. No. Not. Not you're not gonna be happy with what they actually give you. <laughs> so, after all is said and done, with Ash kind of you know making his phone calls and wandering around the Pokemon Center, Misty arrives with the destroyed bike that Ash wrecked and is just 
in classic Misty fashion, is really angry. But then she kind of lightens up when she sees Pikachu coming back out on the stretcher and is is healed. So then after Pikachu's brought back out and, you know, Nurse Joy's like, he's alright, you know, blah blah blah. Team Rocket makes their huge appearance and they crash through the roof. Well, this actually, this isn't the first time we see them in the episode. We do see them after Officer Jenny takes Ash and Pikachu to the Pokemon Center. They make a brief little appearance and kind of do their classic introductions. But this time is when we kind of see the action start to unfold. Yeah, just uh, just talking about the uh, introduction really fast. Obviously, I love it. I love Team Rocket. Jesse and James are hilarious. Meowth talks. No explanation. Okay. Um, <laughs> but then what's really crazy, I think, is how uh, Ash is like, what are you saying? <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> understand anything about them. He's so, like, to the point and dry when he interacts with them for the first time. And it just, like, really made made him very endearing to me in that moment. He was just like, I, I, I don't know what you're saying. He, like, says it multiple times. They're like, <laughs> they continue to do their, like, evil villain <laughs> nonsense. And he's just like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Why are you even here? Who are you? <laughs> like, what's going on? It was just a really funny interaction that I, I enjoyed. Yeah, actually... You bringing up the whole, like, oh, Meowth talks for, like, no apparent reason. I really can't wait until we get to the episode that kind of goes into Meowth's backstory. Because that that might be my all-time favorite Pokemon anime episode, actually. I oh, I really enjoy Meowth as a character. Yeah. Really, really great development. And and that's something with, with the anime in general that I really enjoy is they flesh out a lot of things. Like, even just... Pokemon, they kind of give personalities and you become really attached to the Pokemon and those feelings. And we'll talk about that, of course, as we go through the anime and the whole series in general. But after Team Rocket comes through, the gang kind of, you know, runs to the back for safety and Ash is trying to kind of fight them off. And Team Rocket, of course, bring out their coughing and Ekans. And since Pikachu is still recovering, he can't really battle them. So it's just this whole fiasco. Yeah, and I, I sort of forgotten early in the anime, Coughing and Ekans are really like wrecking balls. Like they're actually really powerful. And Team Rocket is really formidable at first. Um, and it's especially clear when they're just absolutely destroying this Pokemon Center. Yeah. I, I didn't remember them this being this strong in the beginning, but. Yeah, it is kind of brutal honestly kind of as the show goes on team rocket becomes even less and less intimidating and frightening like they they have absolutely no credibility basically but in the beginning they actually kind of are able to stand on their own weight yeah i definitely felt that i was like man if i was that group of people and i had these people trying to steal pokemon and they're bringing out their pokemon to try and you know, this, I think coughing uses like a smoke screen or something like that. would be pretty horrifying, actually. Yeah. Um, and so it's a pretty good scene. I think it actually does build a little bit of tension, more so than I do remember Team Rocket ever exhibiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, I also just like how all the Pokemon introduced are ones that you would find on like Route 1 or Route 3, whatever that first route is, Route 5. I don't know what, which the first route, first route is. But, um, you know, if you were playing the game, you would see Pidgeys, Ekans, you would see all of these kind of basic Pokemon and that's really all they want to introduce you to. So even though it's not necessarily, I, you're basically trying to say like it's 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 cool how they don't go into any of the more advanced Pokemon early on, and you really get introduced very slowly to the more basic ones that you'd see uh, early on in like a video game adventure, for instance. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I really like that it corresponds really nicely with the actual Pokemon you would encounter at those same locations in the game. Like it all just. 
fits together really nicely into one big lore and i feel like that's why there was such a frenzy around pokemon like it was such a craze and fanatic for a a reason because there were so many different facets to it with the games the trading cards the anime like you just had so many reasons to become obsessive yeah it was really well done yeah for sure in terms of uh world building in the show there's actually two other interesting things that are happening uh when jesse and james attack the pokemon center the first is that after the power goes down the pokemon center sort of nonchalantly has an army of pikachu that can just <laughs> jump on a treadmill and power everything back up Pika power Pika power yeah and it's just like wait where did do they always just have pikachu ready to like jump in in case of emergencies like that's their backup generator it was adorable but i was just i was kind of scratching my head on that one (laughs) there is a cute factor to it because they're like running on this thing and like powering it but like i don't really understand why they'd have to be running like why couldn't they all just be doing like a little electroshock right to like power it but they're like running on a hamster wheel basically or or a treadmill uh and just like doing their thing to power it and it is extremely cute it's a cute factor overload (laughs) it it almost like rubbed me the wrong way i was just like so are are these pikachu just used as like electric slaves to power the pokemon center (laughs) like there there's a lot of them like it's not just a few it's a whole mob of pikachus which obviously they thank god they're there because they come in handy later on in the episode but it's a little bit like uh i I need a little bit of an explanation on that joy yeah joy's definitely got some secrets uh, especially like the emergency pokeball transport sequence which is something you i don't think you ever see in the show ever again yeah uh where they're just sort of have these mechanical arms that are teleporting the pokeballs to the next city i'm like wait what they have teleportation (laughs) technology in this show and like no one bats an eye very strange stuff yeah Yeah. it's all very interesting (laughs) i don't know what was going on there a lot of head scratching moments in this episode for sure yeah but it's a fun episode and it does end with the team of the Pika Power Pikachus coming to the rescue and kind of defeating Coughing and Ekans. And this is kind of when it's solidified into Jesse and James, like, yo, Ash's Pikachu is like not your ordinary Pikachu. Like, we gotta capture and steal that that specific Pikachu, which of course is kind of how the rest of the series unfolds with their obsession over Ash's Pikachu. The episode closes with Misty joining Ash and Pikachu on their adventure and they make their way to Pewter City and go through the Viridian Forest and that is where Ash encounters a Caterpie and he does try to catch it but we don't find out if he actually is successful until the next episode. Yeah, nice cliffhanger there. I didn't realize there were so many cliffhangers at the end of these episodes but that's a that's a good one. Yeah, me too. Also just think talking about Misty really quickly, did we discuss how she attempts to like let ash get away with pikachu and like throw out her goldine like i just thought that whole sequence was kind of funny too oh yeah she like i wish they kind of would have made her more formidable honestly because she should be i mean we know who misty is right as we get into the anime we'll, we'll we'll explore that but i feel like she could have put up a fight and actually you know kind of had an actual battle i'm surprised they kind of shied away from that because she throws out a few pokemon and then quickly the pika power pikachus come in but i still really enjoyed that she was ready to jump into battle i just wish she could have could have actually fought him a little bit that'd be kind of cool to see yeah i i feel like it was sort of a way because we're still in the the moment in the show when 
their primary objective is just to teach you about the world of Pokemon. And so I, I think they brought out a Goldie just to say, oh, no, water Pokemon can't fight out the water. And I don't know. I, I feel like they keep yeah, slipping in little combat mechanics left and right. And I think after a few episodes, like when the viewers start to get the hang of the world and they understand the world building a bit more, we're, we're about to see, you know, actual battles, actual more experiences, more loyal to the games. Makes sense. I, I think it's a great point. Overall, I did really enjoy this episode. I kind of forgot about a lot of the things that happened when I was rewatching. I was like, oh, like, that's an interesting moment right there. And the only thing I remembered from episode two going into it is like, okay, this is the episode where Ash makes his way into Verdant City and he owes his Pikachu. Like, that's all I remembered, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It does so much more than that. It's another classic uh, title, too. I remember Pokemon Emergency, like that title card in my head. I feel right? like a lot of the title cards are very iconic. They are, um, yeah. But uh, no, I thought it was a really great episode. I enjoyed it immensely, way more than I expected to. And again, some of those head-scratching moments. I mean, there's just so many little <laughs> details um, that you really do appreciate. Again, attention to detail is kind of like the theme of our episode today. But there's so many little things. Whether they make sense or not, they're all done well. And, and they, they definitely build enjoyment and, and pleasure. And so I think it was a great episode. Yeah, I would agree. And you actually just reminded me, there was one other head-scratching moment uh, that I would kick myself to not mention today. Uh, so I, I will take a little time to mention it. I know what you're going to say. So we're, they get to this Pokemon Center. It's stunning. It's beautiful. It's huge. They have all these things going on. And somehow they manage to completely destroy this massive, massive building filled with Pokemon and all these wondrous technologies. And no one even bats an eye the fact that the Pokemon Center was completely destroyed. <laughs> and think about like just in-universe, like how many millions of poke dollars does that pokemon center cost like i hope they're insured i mean that's the only explanation because that thing is completely leveled like you've the pokemon center for that entire city and surrounding areas is just blown up and no one really seems to care and i think that was the biggest head scratching moment of the entire show but i i guess i just chalked it up to it's being a kid's show and people don't really think about collateral damage well, yeah, even though even you saying that, I kind of feel like it feels very empty, right? As soon as you, you see this amazing building, and obviously I think it's kind of later at night that this is happening, so that might make a little bit of sense, but there's nobody else there. It's just the nurse and Ash and the Pokemon, you know, at first. So it does feel kind of like empty. You don't really see any of the people of the town. So I, I, I always remember feeling like, like this is a big city that we've just landed in, and yet it feels like there's nobody here. Very odd. It'll be interesting if they ever return to Viridian City in a future episode. Like, it'd be kind of funny if, you know, the, the Pokemon Center is being repaired or something, but I highly doubt that. Yeah, they need a memorial plaque, you know. <laughs> it, that's actually not the thing I, I thought you were going to bring up. I thought you were going to bring up the fact that out of nowhere, there's a clock in the Pokemon Center that has a green Pidgey coming out of it. Like, why is this Pidgey green? I don't understand that at all. That's the ultra shiny Pidgey. You didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a just new, like new rarity so type. Random. Like, <laughs> I, I remember like it comes out and you know like cuckoo cuckoo and I was like, why is it green? What? There's no green bird I can think of. At least not in Kanto. And that's that's the sort of strange like off colors. I was just reminded in the pilot episode, one of the trainers throws out an onyx, and I believe the pokeball is green. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot to mention that last week. Yeah. Like, what was what what kind of pokeball is that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just like, uh, you know, them just taking 
creative liberties, you know, <laughs> throwing some interesting colors into the show. I mean, yeah. we've got we've got Bye Bye Brother Free coming up and, you know, there's a small discussion to be made with that one as well, so. For sure. Lots of awesome discussions that will definitely be taking place regarding the Indigo League anime for Pokemon, but that is episode two for both the Indigo League and for Podcast Monsters, so thank you all so much for joining us here today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to connect with us on social media, feel free to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Monsters. Again, thank you guys so much for your overwhelming support. It truly means the world to us, and we're really blown away just by how, how many incredibly nice comments and feedback we already got. It really is just so sweet. Yeah, definitely. And uh, if you can, if you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and uh, subscribe and leave a review or a star rating if you're enjoying it. Five stars would really help us out, especially because we are a new podcast. It really helps with discovery and helping other Pokemon fans discover our podcasts. So really would appreciate that. I think uh, whatever the equivalent is on Spotify or other places, if you could do that there as well, that'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah that would be very much appreciated wherever you're enjoying Podcast Monsters please leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And if you'd like to reach out to us, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys about what aspects of the podcast that you're enjoying. Uh, are there topics that you'd like to hear? Do you have any feedback for us? We're really trying to polish this up and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So don't be shy. Uh, let us know the good and the bad and we'll try and make this as best as we can. Yes, we'd love any feedback you guys have for us and order to improve our show you know we're we're really new and there's plenty of ways we can grow that's how you can kind of connect with podcast monsters as a show if you want to connect with me personally you can follow me on instagram at trainer underscore shinja i've also got a youtube channel at shinjanator s-h-i-n-j-a-n-a-y-t-o-r i also have another podcast called the highlight reel where me and my friend at talk about all things movies so if you're into film at all definitely check us out if you want to follow me, I am on Instagram at Bruise and Pikachu, B-R-E-W-S. Uh, I'm also streaming Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays sort of late on the West Coast side of things. Usually around 8, 9 o'clock I start, and um, I'm on Twitch, so you can follow me or uh, check in on the stream there. We'd love to see you. And if you'd like to uh, contact me or you know look what we have going on, I have a Pokemon Instagram as well at trainer underscore dunce that is trainer underscore d-u-n-k-s all right thanks again so much for listening guys and we'll catch you next time